Well, what's up, everyone? You guys know me. This is Nate. I don't know if I'm actually going to put this on the podcast channel or not, but we just had to cancel our episode for the day because there is so much construction work going on in the office directly below ours. I don't know what they're doing at all. Working on HVAC, putting in a new drop ceiling down there, or just hitting the ceiling with a hammer which sounds like they're hitting our floor with a hammer, but I don't know. If this is your first time listening, in the case that I do put this on the podcast channel sometime, just to have some more content, if this is your first time listening, hit pause immediately so you don't have to listen to any more of it, and then go to a different episode, because this is a terrible representation of the podcast, because I'm using a $50 snowball microphone from Best Buy that is for emergency cases only and today happened to be one but anyway for everyone else who is on locals or still remaining on Patreon for your last few days uh, then I just thought I would tell you what we were going to talk about I'm going to run through some of this stuff it might be similar to an episode but I put all this stuff together and it's going to be old news by tomorrow so I was like hey let me just tell you guys what I thought was uh, important for the day I don't know. So the first thing we were going to talk about, which it seems like we're talking about it right now while I'm talking about it, but um, the first thing that we would have talked about is the fact that uh, Janet Yellen is out there saying that the U.S. Treasury is going to run out of money by October 18th if they don't get some kind of deal done. Potentially by the time I fully release this, the deal might already be done, but essentially they can run the government until October 18th or we're going to be defaulting on all of our obligations. Isn't this something that gives you guys mixed signals? Because you're kind of like, well, they deserve it. We deserve it. Everyone deserves it. They don't have any money. Okay? This is what happens when you run a budget that can only go 20 days into the future. Right? You don't see any big major companies doing that. How is it that we've given them so many? By given, I mean they stole it from us. But how is it that we've given them so many trillions of dollars and they make the greatest investments right they are investing in the future at all times and they just can't run without continuing to take money or continuing to borrow money maybe they shouldn't be trusted with any more of our money I'm not even going to read the article because it's not really important I pretty much just summed it up but everyone who's watching the video you can kind of see me scrolling through here Thought that might be interesting. So New York hospitals are firing or suspending staff who refuse the COVID vaccine. So this just happened. I got new mandates out there and some people who work in the healthcare sector are apparently against living. Uh, No, I don't mean that, but uh, they're against getting the vaccine for one reason or another. So from Yahoo News, New York hospitals on Monday began firing or suspending healthcare workers for defying a state order to get the COVID-19 vaccine. And resulting staff shortages prompted some hospitals to postpone elective surgeries or curtail services. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio told a a news conference the city's hospitals were not yet seeing a major impact from the mandate, adding he worried about other areas of the state where vaccination rates are lower. I also read earlier that they are going to be using the National Guard to fill in for people 
while they have these shortages. What a mess. And what I wonder is, is does, would this potentially have negative consequences? Could it potentially have any negative consequences? Like if you're going to get rid of some elective surgeries, yeah. Maybe you have a general lower standard of care for people. And uh, for what? To get a small number of people vaccinated? Are they spreading the virus? Have they been infected before? Do they have natural immunity? That would be a pretty good question to ask. So things continue to get crazy around the world and the country. FISA is submitting their data to the FDA saying that the COVID vaccine is safe for younger kids between 5 and 11. Now, I'm not, I'm not doubting that it's safe. I, I don't doubt that. I think vaccines are overall safe. What I would say, here's the only thing I would say. The kids have a really, really, really low risk of dying. And if you are vaccinated, you've got a very, very, very low risk of dying. So first off, the argument is, well, I know kids don't really die from it very much, but they could infect their families. Or they could infect the teachers. Those people get vaccinated. They've got a much lower chance of dying from COVID than a whole bunch of everyday things that they are completely fine with accepting the risk on. They've simply decided that there's one thing that they will not accept any risk on whatsoever. When it comes to a vaccine for kids, I'll just say I, if I were a parent, then I would be very hesitant about it. I would. I'm, I'm not really hesitant about the vaccine for adults. I've made my position clear on that several times. Um, I think the vaccines are safe. This vaccine is probably safe. Uh, I didn't feel like I had a big enough risk of death or severe injury from COVID. So it's just something I just don't care to go do. I don't get the flu vaccine either. I'm just, it's not something that I really care about. It's like telling me that I need to electively go to the DMV to, to do something whatever it is. Like, oh, they've got these papers they're handing out the DMV. It's basically the same argument with me. Now, when it comes to kids, I have more of a safety problem with it. Not that this didn't test to be safe for the kids that they tested it for. Not doubting the study. In fact, it's really, really hard to even find the study that they're submitting to the FDA right now. I'm not, not saying it's dangerous during their study, but they only tested for about two months worth of side effects and symptoms from it. When it comes to children, what I worry about are the more are long-term effects that we don't know. That's what a lot of people are hesitant about. Most of the vaccines that we go to take, other people took that when it was early, when it was early on, when it just came out. And even then, it probably went through a 10-year process beforehand. Not saying that it should take 10 years, but yeah, I made it feel a little bit better knowing that they've been testing this thing for a really long time. When it comes to kids deciding that you're going to test for two months worth of side effects, negative interactions with it, that's not a long enough timeline for me to justify giving it, if I had a kid, to my kid, when my kid has almost no chance of dying from it. My my kid that I don't have, and if I have a kid that had almost no chance of dying from it, 
literally more dangerous for your kid to ride in the car to school with you in their seat buckled up than it is for them to get COVID. So I think that that needs to go into the decision. This will be maybe the first time in the vaccine I'd say, I wouldn't trust this. I wouldn't be able to if I were a parent. I just, I wouldn't be able to. I want it to go through more testing. I want to test on whether or not there's symptoms or side effects a year later, two years later, before you give it to a kid when there's almost no health risk to the kid for COVID. And there probably won't be a health risk for the vaccine either, but shouldn't we make sure since it's not exactly killing, uh, since COVID's not exactly killing a lot of kids, wouldn't you just want to take the time to make sure that it wasn't going to, that the vaccine wasn't going to end up being dangerous? I don't know. I just feel like you would want to. So also from Yahoo here, natural immunity is emerging as a potential legal challenge to the federal COVID-19 vaccination mandates. The argument that natural immunity against COVID-19 is an alternative to vaccination coming out as a potential legal challenge to federally mandated vaccine policies. Vaccination is already required for certain workers and some college students. Federal government, despite steeper legal hurdles to imposing vaccination, has also invoked the U.S. Department of Labor to mandate inoculation for healthcare workers and is expected to roll out a larger policy, effectively mandating vaccination for a majority of U.S. workers. Remember, they still haven't actually rolled out this policy. So in this article from Yahoo, what they're essentially making a case for is that if the goal is to protect people from COVID, like if that's the goal, then there will be numerous studies on natural immunity showing that you don't have to force that person to be vaccinated. Now, if the person, if the goal is to vaccinate everyone, Versus the goal being to protect everyone from COVID. If the goal is to vaccinate everyone, then that's going to have an issue when it comes to the legal challenge because our goal is for everyone to be vaccinated. If your stated goal is to protect people from COVID, then you wouldn't be able to force people to do this or fire them if, uh, if they didn't do it. Not that they're going to hold people down and put a needle in their arm or anything like that. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. I think that there's going to be some cases won on this. Uh, I, I do think that I think the policy will roll out, that it will affect a lot of people, and then two, three, four months down the road, I think there'll be, I think there'll be injunctions, they'll be blocking it, they'll be doing all sorts of stuff, going to go back and forth, and then we'll end up seeing a really big case on whether or not they can actually do it. So it's it's going to be, I don't know, I, I'm excited to see what happens. All right. I have a couple other stories in here. The last one I'll go just because it's something that I like to talk about a lot. But one other thing I'll mention in here first. The Washington Post did this article about there being an issue with the Supreme Court because uh, they weren't very popular or the public wasn't behind them. Their approval rating was really low. And we don't have to go into exactly everything they were saying, but this is supposed to be the whole reason we have the Supreme Court and that they get on there and that they're on there for life because you're not supposed to be susceptible to political pressure. You're not supposed to worry about whether or not your decisions are popular when you're on the Supreme Court. Now, 
we talked about a lot that uh, when ACB got in there that it was going to end up this could potentially lead to us treating the Supreme Court like we're supposed to <clears throat> like they're issuing opinions like uh, like what they're supposed to do and not that they are issuing laws and not that they are executing those laws uh, they don't have an enforcement arm so um, this could end up treating the Supreme Court more like it's really supposed to which is an opinion and then we'll vote on whether or not the executives pay attention to the Supreme Court saying that something is constitutional. Uh, that's, that's really what I would like to get it closer to, but it doesn't need to be because they're, they're not popular. But I think that's what we will lead to because they're not popular, because people are so entrenched in their beliefs and ran by their emotions at all times that even though we're supposed to have this final decider of whether or not laws are constitutional or okay uh, that eventually when enough people just don't like the rulings or they think that it's a another political branch that they're just not going to pay attention to what they say i don't know i'm interested about that the other thing i wanted to talk about was uh something going on in britain right now britain right now um they're having fuel shortages but it's uh because they can't get the deliveries it's not because we can't find any fuel it's not because we're out of oil it's not anything like that and been a lot of people complaining about the prices now there have been massive lines everywhere there are stations closing down first off when you have a massive run on the fuel what needs to happen is the price needs to keep rising until people stop coming there that's what needs to happen if a uh, hundred people needed to go through a gas station every day or a petrol station every day for daily life to go on like normal then if there's a thousand people trying to go through there right now you need to raise the price until it gets back down to the hundred people that actually need the fuel that's the only thing that you can actually do the thing that actually ends up happening is they'll either ration it which is not going to work very well or they'll run out and everyone's going to have all the fuel in their tanks and they won't need it anymore because it's needlessly in their tanks when they don't need to actually drive anywhere they were just hoarding the fuel technically they were just storing up the fuel and what will end up happening is they won't go buy any gas anymore because they don't have anywhere to put it because their tank's already full and that's how much fuel they would use for an entire month so they'll stop buying it and then eventually the supply will catch back up and everyone will be okay it's pretty crazy to see the madness of crowds when it when it comes to these panic buying situations uh, but what needs to happen is the price needs to continue rising on the fuel until people are only buying what they need maybe that could be a gallon or a liter a, a liter of petrol could be what they're buying and they can get around the work and do the things that they that they need to do it doesn't mean that the price is going to be that high forever it just means that it's going to stop people from going there and buying all that they can possibly buy and buying canisters and putting it in water bottles and all that. There's not actually a fuel shortage. The only reason there's shortage right now is because there's a panic happening and everyone's buying up all the supply. Thomas Sowell talks about this in Basic Economics. Makes a really good point that everyone uh, during the fuel shortages in the 70s were wondering where all the fuel was and it was actually in their gas tanks. That's, that's where it was. So... 
I saw some articles from uh, the Daily Mail, people complaining that this person saw the fuel fuel change from 1.31 pound. I don't know if that would be 31 pence in there. I don't know exactly how to do their stuff. 131 to 151 a liter before his eyes while he was in line. Yeah, fuel prices go up and down. You know, I saw... The gas station, the, the, the big one that's between my house and this office, when I drove through there this morning, actually, I noticed that the fuel price had changed by 25 cents since yesterday. Now, did I get mad? No, because it went down 25 cents since yesterday. That's a price change based on demand that it, I favor from, so I don't have any reason to complain, do I? But if it jumps back up 25 cents the next day, we'll be protesting outside of that thing, man. Let me tell you, in fact, I, now that it's down 25 cents, I need to go fill up all the gas tanks I can find right now. Which wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, when, when fuel prices are really low, if you had access to a really massive fuel tank and you, it was legal for you to do it. But anyway, aside from that, okay, the prices need to go up. People complaining that the prices are going up when there are lines of a thousand people outside a fuel station or a, a garage as they sometimes call it across the pond a petrol station um there's an e easy way to fix this problem and as we've said a bunch of times and no one ever really likes it price gouging is just supply and demand that we don't like I was perfectly fine seeing that fuel was down 25 cents a gallon. And people have a bias. What direction do you think prices should go? They should go down. Don't they go up? Mm -mm. That is greed. But if I can get it for 25 cents less today than I could tomorrow, that's not greed. That's fairness, right? That's not how it works. All right, so those were some of the main things we we're going to talk about today. Sorry we couldn't do an episode. I posted a video in the discord and i'm going to put it on locals and on the patreon for the last few days of patreon so you guys can hear the madness that's going on in the other room over there uh, right beneath the floor although it sounds like nothing has been going on while i recorded this so that's great that's really good i love it and course i know you guys watching this right now are already on locals or you're on patreon and you're about to switch i know you are if you are uh, not doing that and you want to join our community you get access to the discord which is where everyone is posting tons of articles and opinions and we have all sorts of channels for covid facts and dumb leap of the week and news channels and all sorts of stuff in there then go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com for as little as five bucks a month. You can join in on that and watch us live every day of the week that they're not working on an HVAC system underneath our podcast table. All right, so goodmorningliberty.locals.com is where you want to do that. And if you, if you go for the full year, you get two months free. That's ridiculous, man. Let me tell you what. Okay. Just in case we do put this on the actual channel, I have to say, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty.